You are listening to the Sisterhood of Mommy and Perfect. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rita Dipsianabil, and each and every week I bring you a healthy dose of unfiltered girl chat. My fabulous guests and I explore different aspects of womanhood and motherhood. We salute the game changers and we celebrate those sisters who are changing the world bit by bit. So we're into November now and we are nearing the end of the year, Christmas, New Year, but I'm a December baby. So for me, it also means that I'm going to be turning another year older. And that always puts me in a reflective mood. So in this episode, I wanted to explore what getting older truly means for a woman. With so much pressure on us from society to settle down and have children by a certain age, and then we've got menopause to deal with all the while we're supposed to be continue looking young by using all these, piling on these products that all promise to defy aging, like aging is such a bad thing. And, you know, hearing phrases like past it, mutton dressed as lamb, to be taught that youth is to be flaunted and age is to be hidden. How does this all make you feel as a woman? It's a lot to unpack, but first let me introduce my guest, career coach and general boss lady, Manjeet, who you may have heard on this podcast before, and multi-award winning chef and also boss lady, Lorna, who you may have seen on the BBC or on Netflix before, doing her thing on the big family showdown. Thank you for joining me, ladies. It's lovely to have you. Thank, Thank you for having me. us. listen ladies I'm going to go straight into it first of all do you and would you ever lie about your age I never have and I never would same never lied about my age I still think I'm 28 but I've never lied about it (laughs) I'm the same my my brain is stuck in like about 35 34 but if somebody Mm. asks me how old I'm I'm straight out with I have to think about it sometimes I think am I 53 or 54 I'm 54 (laughs) So straight off, doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I have to post 40s. It is what age is it again? 40, what? 40? You do lose track, don't you? You do tend to start to lose track how old you actually are. I remember my children's, but yeah, my own, no. They remember for me. But what I think that when you're past 40 anyway, like nobody else cares as well. Like if you're like, oh no, I'm 43, they're like, who cares? Like to us, it's like, okay, you're over 40, somewhere in that region. We don't really care. Like, so I'm 42. Lorna, you're 45, aren't you? Yeah. And Majid, you're 54, like you just said. So I, you know, I wouldn't lie about my age either. I wouldn't. But I have spoken to other people who it's a big thing for them. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. women do lie about their age, even some celebrities. Like I've got people who I know who they swear blind that Beyonce is several years older than she says she is, for example. And, you know, oh, you know, my my friend booked a flight for her and she saw her real passport and she's older. And Bollywood celebrities do it. Like, loads of people do it. Even at work. So I used to work in an office where there was a bunch of 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds. And so there was one woman, woman that I worked with and she kept her age hidden. And, it, you know, she was over 40, probably about my age. And she would always be like, this is no one's business nobody's business my age is no one's business and I think it was that just that fear of judgment because I also worked in the office and I had two kids at that point so I was like 36 and I went through a phase where I looked 25 until I was about till I had my last baby who that did me in right then I started to look older <laughs> so until then I kind of got stuck at 25 so I looked 25 for years and years and years and so they kind of thought I was at the same age and then when they did find out oh my god you're 36 oh no and you've got children and then it was 
they had a their immediately their perception of me slightly changed so I can understand like do you do you feel that as well can you get why women would do that um, I, I, I guess I'm, sorry. sorry go on Lorna you first no, no, no. I was just thinking for, when you put it into the office perspective because obviously I work from home so I don't really surround have, have off you know people working with me peers but I guess when you're in an office environment or other people if they if they are you know it depends on what stage they're in their life whether they're um you know looking for love looking to settle down you know that they are you know 30 or 40 and maybe yeah. they do possibly lie just to make you know to, to to remain in that momentum of let's you know I do need to find somebody um yeah that's the only reason I could think one would potentially lie but otherwise be honest it is and, really and I I do know a lot of women who are in their early 40s and they are looking for that perfect person to settle down with they they haven't started a family and that's really important to them so they have yet to do that and they're still looking and you know they for someone to be like oh my god you're 40 and you're past it even you know like how we have rich they're coming in right mm. so that's kind of stopped because when people find out oh this woman is now over 40 you're not getting as many rich stars coming in I was going to say does that still happen now rich they're coming in yeah it yes. does it does <laughs> really yeah i think mm-hmm. that the rich star thing is quite interesting because um you know if you're a guy and you're over 40 and you're divorced you're still going to get rich they're coming in yes but if you're female divorced regardless of age anyway the rich they tend to slow down but if you're over 40 and you've got children you're divorced widowed whatever your situation is the rich there they kind of dry up yeah they do tend to then you go out and get friends yourself. talk about that there's lots more opportunities now there's apps I mean the lockdowns provided lots of online rich there you know themselves so there are I think women now that generally is more so you know just grab it yourself go and go and do it yeah no I agree with you from that perspective but it's going to depend on even though you know all these apps and everything are out there and there's obviously guys and, and women on there it's, it's going to depend a lot on how traditional True. that guy is and his family is or so whether they're going to be willing to accept not that it should be a matter of acceptance it's the person is who they are they've had their life they've got their uh, their history their journey and so on but unfortunately it still does carry that bit of stigma especially from a female perspective oh divorce where you are and you're going to be all this kind of stuff you know and I guess from a Rishta perspective as well, there's a bit of family background from the potential person bringing yeah. the Rishta, so it's not total alien. Yeah, yeah, and and that that whole traditional thing, like for some people, you know, it does really matter to them, like you said, Manjeet, because I know people that like, you know, I, I do want someone. I've been waiting for all these years, but I still want someone who's Punjabi. I still want someone from this caste, from this religion. That's what they want, or their parents are really strictly controlled who they can meet and that there's a it's a smaller pool and now the parents are like oh no we should have just let them meet somebody because my daughter's like 42 and I really wish that she had actually like settled down with whoever she wanted to oh Gordy then I'll got love you you know you should just do what I, I hear like. that a lot as well Rina I hear that a lot as well and it's like but love that's nasty you should have yeah. said it before you know. yeah and obviously you respect their values and your own and what have you but times have changed and are changing for sure mm-hmm. um so right with with getting older right what do you I'm just going to ask you now like what are the best things for you about getting older 
<laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> um, so I'm gonna, I will ask you the worst things as well. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, some of the best things is the kind of like, because I've come into my own, understand myself better, and therefore the BS that floats around, it kind of can, it keeps going past me. I'm not listening. I'm not interested. Mm. Um, and the friendships that I have now, some of them are from way back. I mean, my friend Caroline, I've known her for 30 odd years. She's my oldest friend. Mm. She's more than a friend. But then there's new relationships that I've made based on who I am now. Mm. And those are a lot stronger. You know, I'm more independent than I used to be. Um, I've always kind of spoken my mind up to a point. But now it's like I've go past that point. I know what I want. Um, I know what I need in my life and I kind of go for it really you know you take my hair for example you know I'm 54 so many people said oh you should keep dyeing your hair don't don't stop dyeing your hair I'm like well it's my hair and I've decided I've had enough of dyeing it it's too expensive and I'm just fed up of doing it going down the head look I love going to the hairdresser don't get me wrong but I don't want to keep going every four weeks or open a packet up at home and sit there and, and have this dye on my hair and I just want to grow more into myself and I think you for me personally I've stopped caring I'm not saying I've, I've stopped caring completely I've stopped caring as much about what other people are saying about how I should be how I should look and so on and you are rocking that by the way sis honestly <laughs> you. you are yes. like, I I have um I did a I did a whole episode on Grey's The New Black and I spoke to a woman who had in lockdown she'd stopped dyeing her hair she's growing it all out and just going grey she looked amazing as well I saw it, that. Made, yeah. it made me feel oh I really you know she, it looks good and I look at you and oh it looks good I want to do it and I tried and then I was just like I felt like I'm not ready yet like I felt you know when you're kind of you have to be ready to embrace that if if and it's different like some people will never embrace it and it's fine yeah. I might be dying my hair till I'm 80 who knows mm. but it's I think I'm like I don't know I wasn't I wasn't ready for it I wasn't and you have to do things when you're ready again you know there's no time scan for anything no time plan no no nothing it's whenever you're ready to do whatever like you said you may never you you may always dye your hair and that's absolutely fine but for me it was like I don't want this no more I'm tired of dyeing it yeah yeah you know I don't think anybody should be and unfortunately we have been the way we've all been brought up and it's not just South Asian women it's women generally right that we have to do certain things at certain times get married have kids you know this career yes. and blah 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 well that's I think recently has been blown out the window Laura I don't know what you think because you know I think now you do things when you're ready to do them not when people expect you to do them I was gonna say I'm echoing everything what you just said and plus imagine all the money you're saving from that hair dye as well by the way um exactly what Manjita has just said about you know the best things about getting older but also obviously you know getting wiser you know if only we knew this back then when we were younger but also appreciating the small things in life and I've got three young children as well and sometimes you're just so in the zone of just being an autopilot but the older I'm getting the more I'm like no slow down be present be in the moment and actually really you know cherish it and enjoy it I know it's easier said than done but I'm being more mindful about doing that as well and also, um, you know, appreciate the time with them. Time is just flying by. It really does. I think once yeah. you've got family and children and post 25 or whatever, it just does fly by. But like Manjeet said, when timing's right, it, it does happen and you sort of grow into that. So for my example is I've always been a big girl, 
always, you know, the way up, down, 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 children, it's, you know, lockdown rolls way up there again. So, uh, you know, put it out to the universe, throw something my way so I can get back on track. And, and the you know, the beautiful thing that's coming around now, I'm actually climbing a mountain next year. I'm climbing Mount Kilimanjaro next year wow. with a group of 14 South Asian, all female, the first group ever, women, part of the Asian women in business, headed up by Rapinda. And um, 14, you know, it's the first time this has ever been done. And I'm one of them. So sometimes getting on means the best things come to those who do it and are waited. And this has come about. And the flip side of it as well is that I'll be raising funds for charity as well. So, you know, it's all come together. And sometimes patience is a virtue. In this case, I've waited for something to come my way that's really going to push me. Mm. And I really want to do it. So like Manjeet was saying as well, you know, when you really want it does happen and now I really want to do it, it's happening, training starting. As you can see, this beach bay figure will be, uh, you know, <laughs> way up there. But yeah, so totally echoing what Manjeet just said. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree as well. And the whole time flying thing, though, it, it scares me a little bit, if I'm honest. It does scare me a bit like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm I'm in my 40s now and time does go so quick. Like every time, you know, with the children, especially, you notice that they're in school and then like suddenly they're in secondary school and you're like oh my god what's happening like you're just like <coughs> it's so quick like I sometimes I just want to freeze things a little bit because it scares me then I'm running out of time and there's I feel like there's things that I still want to accomplish like with you guys as well that I'm sure there's things that you want to accomplish still and sometimes I'm like you know now's the time but then maybe that's a good thing I guess because you know something happened to me kind of when I turned 40 it was like shoot your shot don't wait around you know, and it's a different kind of attitude. Even I had to assess my relationships as well, like friendships and stuff, kind of looking at things like, oh, I'm putting a lot of time into this and I'm not, it's not being reciprocated. I'm going to come away from this. I have limited time, time flies, like you said. So I'm going to spend it on the things that I want to do and need to do. And also the people who matter. And that's what I have been doing. And it's a, it's a nice feeling just to know, you know, this, these are my priorities. And this is the time I have, so I'm going to spend it wisely. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think, you know, if I'd have known earlier about what you've just said, I think, you know, Lorna and I have both been at that stage as well. We've had conversations previously. Um, if I'd known maybe in my 30s or in my 20s, you know, that, that time is literally going to speed up or it's going to mm -hmm. appear to speed up, you know, that and and what I should be investing my time in, how I should be investing my time, then I maybe would be a different person than I am today. But then the other way I look at it is I am who I am today because of those experiences. You know, that I'm 54, I'm, you know, running my own business. I'm married to an amazing guy. I have a really good family. You know, I'm grateful for everything that I have. And I think the other thing for me is that as I've got older, you know, we are constantly fed, constantly fed on the news you know, films and so on, the the negativity that goes on everywhere, the wars and so on and so forth. Hardly ever, ever do you hear the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've made a conscious decision. I occasionally watch the news just so that I know what's going on in the world, but I don't sit and make a habit as I used to of watching the 10 o'clock news. I prefer to consume the news when I want to consume it and I look at the world through different glasses now, not rose-tinted glasses, realistic glasses, mm. but the world is an amazing, beautiful place. Mm. So why am I allowing other people to tell me that it's not? So yeah, what I'm yeah. consuming has changed over time mm -hmm. with my age. I had to do that a little bit in, in when COVID 
first started kicking off, you know, I was literally, I was like COVID queen. I knew everything about it, everything, stats, this, that, this. When I, before I went to bed, scrolling, what's happening with COVID? What's going on in the news? Very unhealthy thing to do. I had to literally stop. I had to just mm. come away from it and then just, like you said, go in, be aware of what's going on. That's it. Mm. that's the whole social media world it's got a lot to blame for as well hasn't it I was going to mention that one of the further points you're going to raise but it's this image perfect isn't it everything's got to be perfect image like we talked about hair dye or dyeing your hair because that's the image that's put on the hair dye box or on t- do you know what I mean there's always something but again as you get older you're like hang on a minute and those st- the algorithms and the statistics of social you know that's one percent of reality so just take out that 99% is, is reality, you know. So live with it and run with it. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, I think it's got a huge, um, you know, part of life to blame for how people's perceptions, especially the younger yeah. generation, how they just believe mm. in it. But just coming back to the point about getting older as well, obviously, you know, 18, 19, young, free, single, da-da-da-da. And then obviously as you go through the years, you know, become a wife and then a daughter-in-law, and then a mother. So you're constantly evolving and changing anyway. So that juggling act, I'm still trying to maintain it, but that, that never changes. So again, the time just flies with the changing sort of, um, you know, responsibilities and roles as well. Yeah. And you know what you said about the, the whole social media thing? Just going to go back to that slightly. Yeah. I was going to bring this up, right? That, you know, now we have women, um, and this is a positive thing, we have women like Jennifer Lopez, for example, over 50 looks amazing focuses a lot on her body and health and that whatever looks amazing then you know example for example in Bollywood you've got Shilpa Shetty in her 40s looks stunning so they're all over the place you know the poster women of being 40 plus or 50 plus and that's good to see but then also a lot of 40 plus women and 50 plus women do not look like that and that is okay and it's not necessary that it's everyone has to apply oh well, I aspire to yeah but I need to keep looking like I'm 22 I need to keep doing this and you know because like I said before all of it the whole beauty industry is built upon insecurities of women hair dye creams eye cream. there's a cream for every different part of your face decolletage cream neck mm. cream eye cream do you only there's a cream for everything <laughs> and it's supposed to be to keep me looking young to and and everybody wants good skin you know I want good skin and I have to say when I turned 40 I said to my friends oh I think I need to change up my um skincare and they were like we've been using serums for years I was like what nobody told me I'm still putting Palmer's cocoa butter on my face <laughs> or even SPF you know but they were like into like you know spending like loads of money on serums and retinol and this and that I was like whoa I had no idea about any of this I've been there done that <laughs> I've been there bought the serums um tried them all out you know as you do because you can get sucked in to the beauty industry um and now I don't right now I've got a day cream and a night cream mm. um of a brand that I like and it works for me I don't know if I can mention it or not but um <laughs> I don't know what, what is it what is it it's all right what is it tell us boots number seven is it? Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, it's number seven because they cover the different age groups, right? Mm. So you just, whichever age group you're in or talk to the person at the counter, they'll help you anyway. But you can, even with that, they've got the serums, they've got this, they've got that. You can buy the whole shebang if you want to. I don't. 
I literally just stick to the two things, a day cream and a night cream, and that's it. You don't need it, love. You look amazing. <laughs> See, I, I love the fact that I've got my lines. I never used to, don't get me wrong. It was about, oh, God, look, there's a line there and there's a line. But I, again, with age and over time, it's like, well, this is who I am. If I don't mm. accept me the way that I am, then why would anybody ex- else accept me? I, I'm the opposite of that in the sense that I started from a young age to look after my skin only because mm. I have PCOS from a, a very young late teens mm-hmm. um so that encouraged me to really look after my skin because obviously it's another separate subject but Politics yeah from right. there you know and again it was such a facial thing as well that it made me like invest in my skin and the yeah. product not that it had to be the most expensive thing in the world but I was always very conscious about what was going on my skin so I've always looked after it from that perspective from a young age mm. but I've never got sucked into the whole you know all these other things you mentioned but yeah I mean, I on and off have like, oh my God, I need this serum, I need this serum and, you know, Estee Lauder, this and that, they're expensive. Like, I think Estee Lauder mm-hmm. serum is like £65, you know, it's no joke to get that and invest in something like that. And I know people that swear by it, fine. But then I also looked at like my Naniji who had amazing skin. She didn't use any of this. She used, you know what she used? You know that blue dubba of Astral? which is like, yeah. or Nivea, which is like really Nivea, like yeah. that oily, thick, you know, she used that. And my mom as well. My mom only has changed up her skincare now, but for years she's looked very young and, you know, it was all just uh, only, I think it's good genes as well, but they didn't have any of this. They had their natural methods. And um, plus I think I've spoken to other people and read up a little bit and apparently all this age defying wrinkle eliminating thing doesn't work the best thing is spf apparently mm. spf is will reduce all of it in terms of uh damage prevention also yeah. being a their diet as well like back in the day you know you never used to get gluten-free this or low-fat this it was all full-fat butter full-fat milk there weren't all these you know 50 different varieties of yeah. of things and it was real food so, you know, roll on 20 yeah. more years now and, you know, everything is so much more depleted of nutrients and stuff, you know, hence organic is on the rise and things like that. So that's got a huge impact on obviously our grandparents' generation of the way they were quite robust because they ate real food. Yeah. And I, I do feel like as getting older, like I've always tried to look after myself anyway and stayed in shape, mainly because it's actually really difficult for me to stay in shape. And after uh, each kid, I put on quite a lot of weight, like, or stone or whatever and looked pregnant for quite some time after having a baby each time after every kid right so I've, it's been a challenge for me but something that I've always stuck to like a healthy exercise and diet regime and now I'm like I am going to be 43 and it is important for me to feel good like I need that energy to deal with my family to deal with my kids and you know I've noticed that the people who aren't doing it they can climb upstairs and get out of breath and I'm like I don't want that I don't I don't really want that so I feel even more now that that just has to be part of the lifestyle now is what I think it's got like to a, be. It it's has got, to as be. women especially from a female perspective you know the the older we get the weaker our bones and so on start to get as well mm. especially going through perimenopause menopause and postmenopause yeah, uh, you will start to lose the strength in your bones. So it's really important that we do strength exercises and so on. You know, I do a mixture of going to the gym and working out with weights. And then I also do yoga as well with deeper sapra. Mm. So I do. So for me, it's it's both. It's focusing on 
my mind mm-hmm. and internally in the way that I breathe, but then also going down the gym and just like getting those weights and like throwing them around, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, there's days I don't want to do it. I really okay. don't want to do it. Today's one of those days. So after we finished, I'm going off to the gym because I need to get there. Um, but it's so important that we start looking after our health. I mean, like Lorna said, she's going to be doing Kilimanjaro next and year. And that's an amazing so challenge. That is. Absolutely. Amazing challenge. Huge, huge challenge. You know, and the fact that she's, that Laura's already now started, you know, the... Um, Put my boots. boots. Yeah, it's, just, it's not even just physical, it's men- mindset, it's everything. It's, yeah. it's, it's been a challenge in, in more way, you know, mind, body, soul, absolutely everything. And, you know, I know it's August next year, but like we're saying, time is flying. It's going to come around and bite me in the butt before you know it, you know. But yeah, it, it's really giving me the kick up the butt as well at the moment in my stage of life to sort out everything at the moment. So I'm going through quite a big change of my own on, on the personal side. But mm. But yeah, exactly what you just said. And nutrition is a huge part of that. And also breathing. I had this conversation with Dipa as well, our yoga, a yogi. Um, yeah. Just breathing. You know, when, like, especially in the lockdown, you're breathing from here. Like, just Yeah, we don't breathe properly. We don't breathe Breathe, properly. Breathe big, breathe deep. And it's so true. And you've like, and it's just a simple, I know it's just a simple thing, but it is. But yeah. once you're doing that, you know, you feel so much better. We don't breathe properly. I don't breathe. I know I don't breathe properly. I want to do yoga. So I, I really wish that I was a person that got up in the morning, did yoga. I don't know. There's something about yoga. It's like something that I feel like I should be doing and I want to do it, but I just can't. I think I'm just more in that stage of like, bam, 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 you know, spin class, run 5K, yeah. lift weight. It's all very like, you know, uh, 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 let's, you know. So <laughs> I don't know. And and it's something that I have tried on and off. And one day I will calm down and do some yoga. I don't think it's a matter of calming down. I just, again, I think it's a matter of timing. And the other thing as well is connecting with the yoga instructor. Mm. You know, there's got to be that connection between yourself and whoever's taking you through this. Okay. So, you know, I mean, Laura and I have got the same yogi and she's amazing. Right? She's yeah, really amazing. She's absolutely yes. amazing. She's absolutely amazing, this girl is. So. There you go. The universe has brought it around to you now, Rena. <laughs> I know. I've got to jump on this now. I do need to jump on this. Well, look um, on to Deepa Sapra. Have a look at her. She's amazing. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what I probably need. Because I do every year. I'm like, this is the year I'm going to start yoga. This is the year. <laughs> but I do, I do feel like that whole constantly challenging yourself is really important. Like, I feel like, you know, we, we are all married and have families and everything. And it is, it can be easy to be like, well, that's it. You know, this is my role now. This is the daily grind, school run or work and family and stuff. But that, like, you know, Lorna, this challenge that you're doing and, you know, Manjeet, you're off to the gym, like, and, and and all these mental challenges as well. Like, I feel like it's never too late to start something like that. Exactly. And it's also surrounding yourself with the right people that are going to make things happen and change you up and change your outlook and just pop seeds of, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, let's do this. You know what I mean? And and that's good. And that's good for the challenge as well. Because you're in, like I said, you're always on autopilot otherwise. Yeah. And I read this quote the other day um, and it said something like, you don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room all the time. You want to actually have people there who are smarter than you, who've done things that you haven't done to inspire you, to challenge you, which I think yeah. is really important yeah. to keep yeah. 
learning I think the way the way that I look at things now is that it's kind of like I'm in the middle here and I've got one arm reaching up to the top and there's somebody helping me so they're helping to pull up and my other arm is down so there's this constant chain so we're all helping yoga pose isn't it it is it's a yoga pose (laughs) (laughs) so we're constantly helping and lifting each other you know you've got to have people who are more emotionally intelligent who have more awareness around them who are uh, wider who are maybe more spiritual whatever it is you know so you can learn from them Mm. and then equally you know I and I think Lorne is in the same mind frame as me which is you need to be able to pass it on to people as well you know if they I wish that I'd had the right this group of women that I'm surrounding myself with now if I'd had that in my 20s and 30s Mm. I haven't got a clue it'd be phenomenal where I am now I love where I am now don't get me wrong but I could have achieved so much more yeah with the right people you just took the words out my mouth Manjit yeah basically that like you said spiritual spiritual faith life so the AWMB sister surround yourself with a sisterhood basically which is what we've got which is how we've both connected AWMB I mean absolutely it's not just you know business growth it's personal growth mental growth spiritual growth it's in the last year and a half look where we are and you're right if we'd had that back then imagine so yeah my little daughter is all you know keen and you know after the Inspire Fest and stuff so absolutely I mean I know people keep saying that age is just a number Right. And it and yes, it is just a number, but it's a number that to some people is really important. I know friends who have struggled when they're going to hit their 40s. Mm. Right. I, I was looking forward to it. It was be my 50s, my 50th birthday. And I went all out. I wanted to look or I said <laughs> foxy at 50. Right. I was Love in it. the gym like five, six times a week. I was literally eating hardly anything, which is the wrong way of putting it. But I was really, really strict. I didn't drink, didn't eat cake. I mean, I love cake. Who doesn't love cake? You know, all of this. And yes, it, it and by the time I turned 50, I looked amazing. But I, did, I felt like crap. Why? Because I wasn't eating healthily. Mm. I wasn't enjoying my life. So then it was like, okay, now I need to find this balance. And it's finding the balance that actually helps you to achieve what you want to achieve. So you can find a balance in your life, in your home life with your children, your family and whatever. And I go off and do things. I went on um, Saturday, Saturday evening into Sunday morning to a Simran at uh, South or Godwara from nine o'clock in the evening on Saturday night till six o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Mm. Right. My husband wasn't there. It was just me. And I'd said, and I actually said to him because he went to drop me. I said, well, what do you think of me doing this? And he went, well, you're always doing something. Either you're reading something or you're watching something or you're doing something which is helping you to do whatever it is you need to do whatever that calling is from in you and I think that's what it is as you get older some people are very blessed that when they're younger they have that right they've got that inner voice they've got that inner calling and they listen to it but majority of us myself included you kind of push that to one side and as you get older you start to more and more listen to that inner voice and start to take action on that yeah. It's like you say, you know, remember what your parents said or when you're growing up, we, we tell our own children now, you know, you, you're going to mark my words. But as the older we get now, I always say, saying, my grandfather, you say, you know, all these old Punjabi sayings and things. Mm-hmm. And I say that to my kids now and they look at me quite weirdly. But I used to do that when my granddad or parents used to say, and now I'm doing it myself to my own children, you know. So, it, yeah, 
it's just Mindy, you know something which you said there about some connecting with what's your instincts let's say your instincts yeah. you know um i i think that's so important and i've started to trust my instincts and my gut more as i'm getting older and i'm teaching that to my daughters as well because i've got three daughters and you know when things don't feel right be aware of those energies don't do anything if something inside you because you know when you look at animals even right you know they know what they're supposed to be doing right what mm. they need stay away from this you know that's dangerous or um uh, oh, I'm gonna have a baby I need to go to this place and, and deliver my baby for example you know it's there's a there's a part of us you know obviously we're more evolved but there's a part of us that we ignore because we think that we're so evolved we've just got to think with our brains we've got to think with this data that we've been given and that's the data this is what we do you know but then if we connect with that inner instinct and that's something which I think for me it's definitely come with age to be like some things don't feel right yeah don't do them don't force it you know even people if there's a little bit of it doesn't feel right you know come away for it from it and I'm teaching my kids that as well there's just connect with that inside of yourself absolutely this one to you no I'm saying here it's it's when it's 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 the message just coming from the universe isn't it? it's your intuition guiding you to to follow your instinct and and you know sit with it and, and that's another thing I've learned to do as I've got to sit with the things rather than brush it under the carpet learn yeah. to sit with it journal which is something I've started doing recently um you know to release it and just actually sit in it look at it read it and and, and the answers are in there the answers are there but we're just so in a muddle that we just ignore sometimes tend to ignore it and if we're doing that what are we teaching our children but exactly what you just said I'm doing the same with mine as well and yeah. I've got the little um affirmation jars and things like this you know just mm. to put them on that that path so yeah yeah I'll, I'll, and actually, that with age. do you think that as south asian women we have more pressure on us that you know you've got to do this by a certain age you've got to do that by a certain age you know okay you're 20 something now you're older siani banja do you think it's more okay let me let me pick that one up right <laughs> 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 I was married at a really early age. I was 18 and a half when I got so married young. the first time, right? It's really young, back in the day. Remember, there's a bit of an age difference between you guys and me. Mm. Arranged marriage. Yes, I had an arranged marriage. Uh, not forced, difference between forced and arranged. Yeah, yeah. I had an arranged marriage. Um, I was 18 and a half when I got married. I was almost 20 when I had my first child. And 18 months later, I had my second one. Um, and then about five years later, it all went, well, it started going pear-shaped quite quickly. It all went wrong. Mm. Um, and uh, that's another story in itself. Um, so for me, I did the getting married when you're early, having kids when you're early, becoming the daughter-in-law. Um, but there is huge amounts of pressure. But having said that, I mean, my, my stepchildren um, and my own kids, you know, there's no pressure on them to get married if they don't want to get married. And that because my mindset is different. Right. Yeah. My eldest stepdaughter, Jessica, she's 28 now and she got married two years ago. Mm -hmm. So she was ready to get married. It was her choice. It wasn't anybody saying to her, you need to get married. Mm. It was she was ready to get married and she'd met somebody at university. He's a lovely, Anish, she's amazing. Couldn't, you know, he's not my son-in-law. He's like my son. So you know, for her, there's no pressure. And again, I don't put any pressure on her for grandchildren or anything. 
they've got uh, they've moved into an apartment they bought an apartment rather than a house that's up to them it's their lives uh, we're not going to put any pressure on them that they should be at certain levels you know just because of their age yeah but that's come with my experience of having been brought up in the traditional way where you get married really young you have kids really young you buy a property yeah. and you're done yeah. Right. That's, that's nice. literally the tick list. Right. That is the tick list that we're all brought up with as Indian women. You know, these are the things you need to tick off and do by a certain age. And we're waiting for you. We are waiting. You know, we need to have see you set to hoja and set to hoja means these things. Right. In their heads. Yeah, we never had that growing up like that pressure. Really? Of, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my dad, especially, I mean, my dad went to uni, did physics and Russian, you know, when he came over from India back in the 70s, 60s. And it was always because we grew up in a family business. It was a case of, you know, that we'd see, you know, set six out of seven days a week, seven to seven days working in a shop, would go with them. And they were like, come on, you know, you don't, you don't want to be doing this as well. Get, you know, and then when the marriage thing did come up, they were rich, they're coming in the sense that I think we were like 25, 26. And we'd giggle, me and my sister would giggle and like laugh. Not, not that it was like, oh my God, rich though, da, da, da. But it was like, we were on the level of, you know, wanting to study and work and, yeah. you know, yeah. get that perspective. But there was never, I can hand on heart say, there was never the pressure of, oh, you know, get married now. And, you know, there was there was not that. It was very open. Yeah. We had very open discussions with our family, you know, and parents and my brother. And so we'd go on like Sunday, we'd go for coffees or whatever from a very young age just to discuss what's going on and what have you. So there was never that pressure from from that perspective at all that's actually really refreshing to hear like I think I wasn't like you know my my thing was my parents were like you know study and that was really important right but then it was study and get this type of job study to be an accountant because that's going to be a really good job for you vocational job you know for an Indian woman that's a very good job and then you can do this and that have your kids go back to it and all this it was all a set out thing and then I was open to the whole Rishtha thing anyway. It wasn't going to be a forced thing. I was open to meeting people that way. I just so happened to meet someone myself um, and get married at 28, which I felt at that time, I thought, oh my God, I'm so old to get married. But it's not, it's not at all. You know, I think I was mentally ready for it, but mm. I'd been kind of seen people getting married very young as well and having kids mid 20s. So I was like, oh God, I'm so old. I wasn't old and, and it was fine. Um, but one thing I, I, I noticed though, was that you see because I married somebody totally out of the race and everything and my my parents were very much like oh my god you know what's everyone going to think and the elders like my nanni and my daddy who were both alive at that point and my nanni and daddy had fixed up bear in mind their kids weddings and kind of forced them into marriages let's say that they didn't want to be in or to save face and whatever people do and these are the same people who then had seen marriages fall apart or not work out so well people not be happy they've seen that and being a grandparent they were like just let her do what she wants let her be happy and I think that made my mom and dad so much like oh they're saying this Buzurk, you know elders are giving us this message that if, if, it, if it's all well if my daughter is respected if she's marrying into a nice family doesn't matter what they are it's okay and I feel like that has that had come with their age as well from experiences that they had then changed their own mindset. Age, but also I, you said the word respect. There was there's a huge 
responsibility to respect as well and a huge sort of thing with respect and the elders mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately these days it's it's diminishing you know with the younger generation so i i can understand that though right mm. that they want to obviously respect what their you know their parents are saying but then you're their daughter they want you to have the best as well yeah but i'm saying that my my grandma's i was surprised myself that you know you've come to this point of being like 70 plus and you're still changing your mindset you're still adapting and you're not stuck in your ways which i thought they would be yeah you have your that so I can't really comment the experience that I've had myself I've seen um friends and members of extended families and so on is when they um have met somebody and they're not Indian they're you know whatever they are right that initially there's this like no you can't what are people going to say much like you said Rena, right and mm. and it, it, it has been that and it's been really really hard for them then eventually when the child, male or female, goes off and does what they want to do, and then a year or so later, it's like everything's fine. But to me, it's like, well, why didn't you just accept them the way they were and you wouldn't have had all of that heartache on both sides in order for you to get to where you are now? Just, I just, I struggle with that. I still struggle with it where the the parents are dead set against the child um, living their life with somebody who's going to make them happy, mm. who is of the same culture as yourselves. Mm. And then only a year or so later, you know, five years later, whatever is, how long it takes just to come back together again, as if nothing was ever said and nothing mm-hmm. was ever wrong. It's you know, wasted that, years, really. And it's also heartache during that time. It's heartache, isn't it? And yeah, sometimes yeah. people don't actually forget the stuff that was said because mm. I'm sure if I put my mind to it I could go back and be crying about things that were said and yeah. we've moved on but still it wasn't a great time mm. so I do mm. I do get that yeah yeah I, I do I do struggle with that element of it I really do struggle with it because I've seen so many of my friends and and so on go through that with their families you know and and it's hard to watch somebody you care about going through that but then equally, I can I kind of get it from the parents' perspective as well, mm-hmm. you know, because the way that they're brought up, and I do understand yeah. it, that's what they know, you know, and they've come over to the UK. Oh. He said that, like, when our parents came to England, they had nobody above them, right? So my dad's parents, my mum's parents are in India. Mm. So they live their lives going by the teachings that my grandparents had given them. So they were yeah. hanging on to that. But then also what they didn't realise was that actually things have moved on back home. Yes, back yes, home. yes, yes. Things yes. had actually moved on. But my parents, when they came here, 19, dad came back 1960 and mom came how long later. So, you know, to the, they were stuck in that era. And to some extent, they always will be because they're in their 80s now. Right? They have mm. mellowed a lot. Um, but it is that you've come to a different country to set up home and you're bringing with you the culture, the ethos, the values, and that's all you know. And you don't have anybody to kind of talk to. It's not like now you can pick up the phone and ring them. Back then you'd sent a letter and it took weeks to get there and weeks for it to come back with a reply. You know, so they did what they thought was best. But like my generation, so mm. I've got to keep my mum and dad happy. I've got to keep my in-laws happy. And somewhere in the middle is me, but me gets forgotten about. 
a lot of the time, especially with Asian women, we tend to forget about ourselves. And again, it's only with age you start to say, okay, well, that was them. I respect it. I understand you. This is you. I respect you. I understand you. But this is me. So you're going to have to respect and understand me to some extent as well. We're going to have to find that balance and that medium ground mm. for us to be able to move on in our relationships. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. You know, I just want to pick up something that you said there about South Asian women. We kind of get forgotten about a little bit because you, there is that thing of we we live for our parents. Yeah, we, you know, or we do our own thing even. And then it's like, OK, you're a mom. You have a family. That's your thing. That's your focus. Put everything in. And I know women who've got depressed when they're empty nesters, when the kids have gone to uni and they've gone into a depression because mm. that was the focus that held everything together. And then it's like, oh my God, what do I do now? And, you know, I base everything around my kids, but at the end of the day, I do what I need to do and I try and accomplish what I want to accomplish as well. And I think that that's really important to kind of not lose that sense of your own self. You know, what do you want out of life? And it doesn't mean you're being selfish. And this, it even taking a break taking a break for yourself because I, I know um, I spoke to this psychologist a few weeks ago uh, Mumtha, and she said to me on her birthday she's got three daughters as well quite young she spends the day by herself and first she felt bad like guilty like oh I'm not spending the day with my family like the whole day she'll take herself to a spa because that's what she needs to have that time out for herself which I think is a really important thing like you know you see your family later do a cake and stuff but I think if you want to do that by all means, do it. You're recharging yourself. I think um, you picked on something quite important there. And I think, again, with age and with time, as the years have gone past as well, a lot more women, and I'm so grateful that they are, a lot more women are putting themselves forward. So we're not stuck back in when I was brought up back in the, like the, you know, the 70s and 80s. Things have moved on a lot since then from when I was young or younger, I should say. I'm not old now. I'm still young in my head. Um but things have moved on quite a lot where the next generation women like yourselves, right? You are coming to the forefront. You are saying, well, hang on a minute. I need my time. I need some time out. I need some time to be myself, you know, whether it's going off to a spa, whether it's sitting reading a book for 15 minutes or whatever mm. it might be going out for a walk. And I'm so glad that the next general generation of women are saying, well, yes, I love my parents. I love my, my in-laws, my children, my husband, whatever. But I love myself as well. But I need time for me. Mm. So, and I think that's really important. Same with careers, right? Back when I was um, growing up, careers didn't really exist for a lot of women. It was like, you're married now, that's your life. That's it. Yeah. If you went to work, you know, you go and work in a factory and you come home, there was no career progression, right? So now there's a lot of career progression. And I'm, again, you know, the, the women who are pushing through, coming through the next generations, and you guys are feeding that into your kids, which is amazing. You're teaching your girls, you can be independent, you can do this, and you are able to do this. The sky's your limit. And that's the way things yeah. need to continue. And that, again, that comes with age, where we've all experienced things as individuals, right? And now we're sort of like instilling in our children, male or female, to say, life isn't as black and white as people would like it to be and it doesn't really it doesn't really have to be that way it's up to you to change your life mm. to improve your life and the only way you do that is if you focus on yourself 
and not in a selfish way, but look at your internals, grow, grow internally, and then you'll be able to move forwards. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, for me, looking at somebody like yourself, who is a little bit older than me, that is, you know, it's somebody to kind of look up to in terms of getting older, even how you told me how you're managing the menopause and everything. That was a really important conversation for me because that's obviously coming up and the way that you're managing it, being very open about it. And, and, the, and you know, we were talking about a sisterhood and having those women to look up to is really important. Now, we are probably those kind of women for younger women now you know were there when you were growing up people that you looked up to women who were older who you were like I want to do what she does that's I want to be older and be like her no one's each shaking her head no I didn't have any though I didn't have those role models the role models I had was like my mum my nanny my daddy my mum hey. you know, that kind of thing I didn't have those role models where they push themselves I wanted to be like them in the sense that they were strong mm. but there was I didn't want to be like them. I wanted to be like them. I wanted their strength, mm. right? But I didn't want the subservient element of that, if you know what I mean, right? They didn't argue with the husband. You just went ahead and, and it's yeah. like what he says is law. And my mum and dad have got a fantastic relationship. Don't get me wrong. They've been married for nearly 70 odd years now, nearly 70 years they've been together, married. Yeah, wow. So, you know, there's something there. But again... No, they, I mean, there was all these Bollywood stars and all the rest of it. There was always something unattainable about people like that anyway. But I suppose out of my own community, the role models, I would say, would be school teachers and they were non-Asian. Mm -hmm. right? So if they can be a teacher, then why can't I be a teacher? You know, and I always, there was two things I always wanted to do. I, I either wanted to be in the police force or I wanted to be a teacher. And indirectly, I've ended up being a teacher because I'm a trainer and a career coach. That's what I've ended up doing. That's what I wanted to do when I was a young, when I was young. Um, but I've ended up doing it sort of like in my I've started been doing it in my forties up until now in my fifties. Mm. I wanted to be a CID detective now that you mentioned the police force because that's you're right because like you said when our when our grandparents parent generation came it was about survival it's about working there you know making friends it wasn't really a case of that it was like you know you know the families would get together that was the way they socialized there was no external sort of influence but then i guess because i grew up in a in a family business on soho road of all places that you know people the the people we then were with you know like um other business people whether it was you know a pharmacist or that so they, they, they were there but there wasn't necessarily anyone i looked up to that i want to be that or it was through reading books you know you'd learn about you know women who'd you know flown around the world and things like that that was the only way of exploring you know horizons that way was through reading books and just learning at school there was no role, role models per se mm. for me i think my mom because she had three kids and then at 36 she went back to uni well not went back she didn't get a chance mm. to go because she got married at 18 like you Manjeet and she really wanted to be a teacher and so she went to uni. So when I was in my first year of uni, my mum, uh, no, when I was in my, yeah, when I was in my first year of uni, she was in her fourth year of uni. So a four year degree to be a teacher. So then she's just retired recently, but for a long time she was teaching, you know, and she was fulfilling her potential in that way. And I thought, no, that's amazing because it was hard. Like three kids and my little sister was quite young to manage that was was must have been difficult you know but she did it and then also um our 
one of my boas actually one of my dad's sisters like i just feel like she's so she's she's a teacher um and, and this is in india but you know she's always like doing so many artistic things like painting singing she's a classically trained musician like singer and very sociable always doing different things even up till now you know and always you know makes an effort with herself and for me that was like that's amazing that's how you challenge yourself enjoy life writing poetry all these kind of things so that was quite nice as well to see but no, i didn't definitely didn't have any of that when i was growing up there was none of that there wasn't a female that stood out who was doing things slightly differently uh, or anything like that at all mm. not when i was growing up in an no. asian woman in my family so um so like i said people are probably looking up to us now um but how what, what if you could tell your younger self something to go back and tell your younger self something what would it be don't sweat the small stuff literally because some promise you it doesn't even sometimes happen you know all that worrying and sort of mulling over stuff it's just a waste of energy and time uh, you know don't sweat it it's not worth it i would say learn to let go really quickly you know don't hang on to things don't overthink them just if an argument's happened it's happened if you can sit with it figure out the role that you played in the argument because it's never one way argument right you're going to put something into it mm. so if you can learn to take responsibility for your part of it however small or however big it is learn from that and just let go and move on because the more you hang on to things that you're just making yourself ill and you don't realize it. Mm. Really good advice ladies. I'll clip that and replay that to myself when I need it, which I I will need it. <laughs> <That's all laughs> and there's another thing I wanted to say is basically if your grandparents are still around, hug them and your parents a lot more tighter yeah. every time you see them. Soak up all that energy and moments and just cherish them because if this pandemic's taught us anything I mean you know that's another thing I wish I'd known about this pandemic when I was younger you know mm. but but you know um just make the most of the time together and tell them how much you love them really because you just never know yeah I agree with you my mom has um Alzheimer's so you know she's forgetting who we are most of the time so every time I go and see her she's um regressed even more mm. um and so hugging my mum Yes, she still hugs me um, and she gives me a big hug and stuff, but it's not the hugs I used to get because she's regressing. Mm. So, and my dad's always been a bit of a side hug person, as I do, but I don't do that. <laughs> I'll give him a big hug, right? Yeah. Because, and, and I love them. I love them dearly. Um, you know, and totally agree with Lorna. You just do not know. And, you know, you close your eyes. None of us know if we're going to wake up tomorrow. Exactly. Stop planning and stop living in the future. It's about what's happening right now. Present, absolutely. Mm. And also smile. I teach my children that every day and tell them every day, smile, because that one person you're walking to school with, you might smile at them and make their day because that'll be the only person they'll see all day or something. You know, you just never know. We always think, you know, there's always something going on with everybody else. So, yeah, just, just smile, cherish what we have, and let's be grateful. Yeah. Talk to people. I mean, I will be walking along the road and I did this here last week, actually. Um, I was going to see, funny enough, I was going to see Deepa um, and I was walking on the road to get to her house and there was um, a guy sweeping the roads and he looked like 
a little bit like, you know, lost in his own life. And I went, morning. And he looked up and he went, oh, good morning. And then later on, when I was walking past him again on my way back home, there he was again. I said, oh, didn't I see you this morning? He goes, yes, I did. You did see me this morning. He said, how are you doing? I said, I'm really well, thank you. And that was it. Right. You just walk on. You don't know what impact you're going to have on somebody's day. Exactly. Really, really don't know what impact you're going to have on somebody's day. So just put that smile on your face and off you go. Mm. And a smile on there. And I would say as well, like the whole getting older thing, be grateful. You wake up. Yes, you've got to be older. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not everybody, like you said, you don't know this is going to be, you're going to take another breath tomorrow morning or whatever you don't know you don't know so it's like i'm we're here to make the most of it um but ladies listen thank you so much for being on this podcast it has been so lovely talking to you both um so if people want to find out a bit more about you guys follow you on social media what you guys are up to what you're doing so can you just share your social media handles Manjit, you go first okay <laughs> Um, so on, um, you'll find me on Instagram, it's manjeet.nija, so it's M-A-N-J-E-T dot Nija. Um, uh, Facebook is just man, um, uh, Manjeet Nija, but more so about what I do work-wise, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, my LinkedIn, uh, sorry, my Instagram and socials, they're, they're just socials, but my work stuff, what I do is on mm-hmm. LinkedIn and you'll find me under Manjeet called Nija. Okay. Lorna? Okay, and I'm on Instagram, Lorna Nanda Gangotra, and on Facebook, the same. Also on Twitter, um, The Lick, which is The Little Indian Kitchen, and also my website, thelittleindiankitchen.com. Thank you, ladies. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And please do check out these ladies, because just trust me, they're always up to something good that you want to know about. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you have taken something positive away from this episode you know don't fight the aging aging process don't be scared of it whether you choose to grow be to grow old gracefully or whether you choose to be mutton dressed as glam as i would call it i probably <laughs> will be that you know i love that mutton nice. dressed as glam exactly you do you if you want to follow me on social media it's at sisterhood on mommy and perfect or at rena d annabelle please do like and share this podcast spread the love Until next week, love ya, bye.